Welcome to episode number 187 of CXO Talk. I'm Michael Krigsman. Our guest today is Mayur Gupta, who is the chief, functions as the chief digital officer of HealthGrades. And our conversation is going to be all around digital transformation in healthcare. Mayor, how are you? I'm doing great. Uh, thanks, Michael. Thanks for having me uh, on your show again. Well, this is the second time that you're appearing on CXO Talk, and I'm so excited to talk about healthcare and to talk about digital transformation because it's something that affects all of us on a very regular basis. So tell us about health grades and tell us what, what you guys are doing. Um, sure. You know, uh, I'm still uh, very nascent in, in this world of healthcare. Obviously, as a consumer, we all have touched it in, in many different forms and shapes. But before I share a little bit about uh, my company, uh, you know, one of the things that I've always heard about healthcare is that it's, it's so far behind and it's, it's uh, increasingly slow, which is almost an oxymoron, but, but it's true. But in the last 12 months, there's one thing I've realized, having been you know, in many different verticals from retail and CPG and finance as well, um, the healthcare industry may, be, may certainly be far behind, but by no means is it slow. It's, I think because the bar is so low, it's moving, the velocity of change in healthcare is so much faster. Uh, you know, than every single vertical in, you know you can imagine. But uh, you know, at HealthGrids, uh, very briefly, we are one of the largest uh, you know healthcare platforms. Uh, I call them the healthcare marketplaces, uh, where we get around 400 million uh, visitors every year, almost a million uh, a day. You know, who are coming to look for the right doctor, the right hospital, and what we provide to them is an always-on patient engagement uh, that drives them through their you know healthcare journey. And in many ways. You know, enabling this notion of consumerism, where for the first time you're putting the consumer at the center, and enabling and inspiring the consumer to to be the owner of her own health uh, and her family's health. Uh, and uh, the way we do that is we we leverage a lot of quantitative and qualitative data across you know medical, clinical, and socioeconomic and behavioral data uh, to enable the users uh, you know to find the right doctor, the right hospital. Uh, and uh, resolve issues around discoverability and accessibility. So try make online appointments, you know, for you and your family. But then at the same time, we are now evolving ourselves uh, into an always-on patient engagement. So we help you manage your appointments. We help you get prepared for your appointments. We help you manage your journey even beyond appointments to drive, you know, better health outcomes. So uh, it's a fascinating uh, opportunity and journey, and we sit uh, right at that intersection uh, connecting the you know the consumers uh, to the right provider, uh, and uh, we also have a B two B two C model where we work with around 600 hospitals in the country, leveraging our data science, uh, you know, creating predictive models where we use that we use to predict around 160 plus you know health conditions, and the way we do the way we use that is you know our whole effort is to drive better health outcome by engaging consumers higher up in the funnel. So. You know, how do we prevent somebody from going into an ICU by predicting their potential health condition and driving the right messaging through whichever channel, you know, they may be engaging on and driving a certain behavior. So it's, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a massive opportunity. And like you said, it touches every single human being on this planet. I want everybody to know we're talking with Mayor Gupta, who is the chief digital officer 
for health grades, and we're talking about change in the healthcare industry that affects all of us. And while we're talking, there is a tweet chat going on with the hashtag CXOTalk. So, Mayor, there. So the changes that you're driving, empowering healthcare consumers, giving them access to information about their conditions, about doctors, about hospitals. Why is this so fundamentally important? Why don't we consider you to be, well, this is just a nice consumer website, but why, why does yeah. this actually really matter in the end? Yeah. I think there are, there are two, two broad reasons, uh, Michael, I think, and, a lot, and this is obviously a lot of it is uh, very pertinent you know, in our country here uh, in the U.S., but two big reasons. One is if you look at the dynamics in healthcare and what's going on uh, in the country today, the cost of care is dramatically shifting to the consumer. You know, deductibles are going out of the roof. At the same time, the networks uh, you know, are becoming far more narrow. Um, that's on one hand. So the, you know, the economics uh, and the business model for the healthcare industry is dramatically evolving. And with new policies and new law like ACA, uh, you know, a big shift is happening where, uh, where uh, you know, the focus and you know, incentivization model is shifting to the quality of care as opposed to the volume of care. And that's a fundamental shift because for the first time, we are starting to hold uh, the providers, the physicians, and the hospitals accountable for the quality of care and the, for the outcome as opposed to just the number of people they treat and how often they treat them. So that's on one hand, that's driving this fundamental shift because now you are being held accountable for how healthy you are, as opposed to how well you treat when somebody falls sick. So it's a shift from sickness and treatment to health and wellness. Two, the other big shift is, look, we, and again, this is healthcare agnostic. This is industry agnostic. We used to be operating in a world, in an era of the brand. You know, then we all evolved into an era of the retailer. We all know we are, we are by far living in an era of the consumer. It's the same consumer that is used to, you know, I often say click a dash button from Amazon to, uh, to order their next supply of Clorox that they expect in four hours. It's the same consumer that uses their Uber app to expect, you know, a car waiting for them outside their house within, you know, within a one-minute period to go wherever they want. That's the same mom who's saying, look, I can do that. I can use an Airbnb to find the right house, book that house in a span of 10, 15 minutes, seven seas across. I don't have time now to go into a hospital, wait or wait for three months, uh, you know, to make the next appointment for my kid. You know, she's raising the bar um, in terms of convenience, in terms of instant gratification, in terms of getting the value and the experience. And, you know, for something that is so integral to her and her family. And what does this do to the relationship between patient and I was going to say the healthcare provider, but it's not just the doctor. It's the doctor's yeah. office. It's the hospital. So what is this, how does this change the relationship between the patient and, and the healthcare system? It's, it's redefined it. It's redefined it at so many levels. Um, and again, this is not scientific. If you look at how we all operate as well, you know, taking our kids to the doctor, um, you know, it's redefined it. In, in a way that, uh, you know, back in the day, hospitals would be fine just focusing on driving volume or acquisition to now with, with so much power, control and choice that is going into the consumer's hand, there is no such thing as loyalty because the barrier for me to find the right doctor, the right care is, is diminishing. 
you know, I can choose and find the right doctor based on actual quantified, quanti you know, quantitative data. Uh, not just because my parents were going to that doctor, not just because my whole family has been to that hospital or many times, you know, you usually go back to the hospital where you were born. Now you're looking at, wait, I'm looking for a primary care physician. I'm looking for an oncologist. I want to look at not just your degree. But I want to look at, um, you know, how many surgeries have you done? Not throughout your career. How many surgeries have you done, especially in the last six months? How many of those actually went through complication? You know, what was the mortality rate? What was the success rate? The fact that all this information, very similar to how you shop for a television or how you shop for an airline, is not available on your fingertips, the bar to engage and, and uh, build the loyalty and lifetime value for that patient is so much higher, which means that hospitals and health systems have to realize that, one, they are now living and operating in a digital world, which means they cannot look at digital as a thing. They have to realize it's healthcare in a digital world now. Two, they have to fundamentally evolve and not put the healthcare health system or the provider at the center, but literally put the consumer at the center and understand that the, the goal of that consumer engagement and relationship is no longer about the clinical output. It is about convenience. It is about experience. And it, about, it is about the overarching value that she expects you know, as the, as the end consumer. So how much of this is driven by need for change in the healthcare system and how much of this is driven by the, as you mentioned earlier, the, the broader shift towards a more consumer-centric approach that brands in general have with their customers and potential buyers? I think it's I think it's both ways it's look it's it's no different it's a movie being replayed all over again it's a transformation we've seen in finance it's the transformation we saw perhaps 10 11 12 years back when we you know when we had the flurry of multi-channel players and and e-tailers and the amazons and um you know and and the facebooks of the world uh, we're going through the same transformation and that's a fun part you know this is not invention or innovation this is purely application of the same principles the same best practices, the same platforms, the same technologies. Um, and to answer your question, I think it's, an, it's a transformation that is inside out as well as outside in. Um, you know, it's a, it's a mindset shift. So the, the economics are evolving. Uh, a lot of it is driven, um, like you said before, as the policies and the law has evolved, uh, trying to change uh, the state of healthcare. And just to give you some context, the state of healthcare, uh, uh, you know, United States of America spends more money on healthcare than any other country in this whole world. Uh, and the largest cause of death in our country, believe it or not, the second largest cause of death in our country is still medical care gone wrong. And, and normal uh, you know, citizens like you and I perhaps don't look at that or are not aware of that fact. But if you apply that, you know, you'll, look at, you'll understand that the transformation now in healthcare has to come from every single aspect uh, of the ecosystem uh, and I think the protagonist of the transformation is no longer the government, no longer the hospital. It is a consumer. She's finally pushing the envelope. Uh, that's when a site like healthcare.gov goes down and there's a fiasco. The consumer is no longer saying, hey, that's healthcare. I give you the benefit of the doubt. You, know, you can afford to go down and crash. They, the consumer does not see the channel and she no longer sees the industry. She expects the same value and the same experience and the agility that she, she gets from other parts of her life. 
We have a question from Twitter, and I'd like to remind everybody again that as we talk, there is a tweet chat going on. Please contribute. You can ask your questions uh, at hashtag CXOTalk. And we have a question from Arsalan Khan, who says that other industries have set up information exchanges. What about data exchange, information exchange inside the healthcare industry? Yeah. I think that's a great, uh, great question, um, and um, I, I always look at data as the as the oil uh, in our world now. And there's nothing more powerful than that. But I think the, we all know the bigger challenge is not just in having those exchanges, uh, but it also is in in how you apply those changes to solve human behaviors, to solve business problems. Um, but to answer that very categorically. Um, I think that journey began, you know, with the with the implementation, or rather, a forced implementation of the EMR and EHRs, you know, a few years back, um, you know, within within the country. And uh, where we, where healthcare is going now is is a very strong realization out of research that says that eighty percent of our health today uh, actually is influenced by non medical determinants, which means that just the clinical data and having that being available, you know, through many systems that are out there now and pretty pervasive. Is just not enough, which means, uh, yes, there is a massive focus on creating the data exchange, but it's no longer limited uh, to just clinical or, or claims data, which has been the standard for many years. Uh, it is now driving convergence and harmonization of that clinical and medical data with socioeconomic data. You know, what you do, where you live, what car do you drive, you know, do you buy, do you rent, you know, what do you eat, what are you reading, what are you watching? Um, you know, and many, many other aspects. Are you married? Are you single? You know, how many kids and, and so on. And I think there's a firm belief that ultimately the ability to predict the, uh, the right health conditions, the ability to influencing the human behavior towards a better health outcome is going to, is going to come with that universal understanding of that individual, you know, one as one individual, two, across medical and socioeconomic, and even more importantly, socioeconomic, three, across online behavior, across offline behavior, and, and that's the power. And that's where, believe it or not, uh, that's where a massive amount of investment is going, you know, on the side of players like us, you know, providing the capability uh, on the health system and the hospital side, from the pharma side. And now we are, we are figuring out, you know, how best to leverage and apply the data to deliver more contextual and more personalized experiences and messaging to Pharma and you know pharmaceutical and insurance and payers are using that to to influence you know insurance rates, for example. Uh, and three, in many cases, to drive more predictive uh, and preventive healthcare. So when consumers have this data, it of course changes again changes the relationship with healthcare providers. So what does it do to healthcare providers? How, what is the impact on the provider when patients have this kind of data? Yeah, I, I don't think we're at a point, Michael, where, where consumers or patients have access to that data. I think we are in the, in the very early stages where, uh, where you know, the, the healthcare ecosystem is just starting to gather the data. Two, they're starting to harmonize and master the data at an individual or a household level. And three, then, we are getting smarter about how we leverage and apply it, you know, with cognitive computing, with the IBM Watsons of the world, you know, where, as opposed, like I said, as opposed to have reactive ways of treating, a, you know, treating sickness, 
uh, you get into more proactive ways of preventing sickness. Uh, we are not at a point where the consumer has access to this data. However, what's happening though is the consumer has access to a lot more information, which is the derived form of data. Uh, a lot more information to make smarter decisions, a lot more information which is qualitative and quantitative uh, about the doctor, about the hospital. Uh, and that's where there's a lot of advancement being made because, again, just another data point, um, we've seen uh, you know, that out of five out of six decisions around choosing a hospital you know, are actually, you know, would actually be overturned if we gave the right information to the consumer, to the patients, which means that only one of the six decisions or one of six patients actually make the right decision when you're making it without data and without information. Mayor, so these changes that are taking place in healthcare, we can describe in one way as as falling as being an example of digital transformation. Can you place it into context a little bit more broadly? You've had uh, deep exposure to other industries that are undergoing transformation. And so, so give us the broader context of digital transformation and, and make some comparisons with other industries as well. Yeah, yeah, I think, I think that's a great point. And uh, obviously, we all know digital transformation is sort of a buzzword right now. And uh, we all are used to a new buzzword, I, I believe, once uh, one every year. Um, so this is the one that's really hard. But th- there is some truth in the fact that digital transformation is industry agnostic. Uh, it's the same transformation that we are going through on retail, uh, or we have been going through on retail, we are going through on CPG and manufacturing. Uh, and we are now starting to go through in, in healthcare and all the different aspects of healthcare. You know, it's not just hospitals or providers, it's payers, it's pharma, uh, you know, and across the board. But I think if you were, if I were to summarize uh, digital transformation, uh, uh, you know, I recently read an MIT, MIT study uh, that created, uh, you know, three broad areas of digital transformation at a macro level. And then I'll give you my two cents on how do you, you know, once you dive deeper, what does that mean in terms of healthcare? But the three broad areas is, is one, uh, consumer engagement. You know, the first and foremost uh, facet of digital transformation is, is putting the consumer right at the center, and not just in your thinking, but in your execution and your operations, and how you define success, what does value look like for you, and who really is a protagonist you know, of your story. Um, two is in creating uh, you know, digitized solutions, which means uh, digital transformation is not about just technology. It's not just about automation. It means redefining your business model. It means redefining uh, consumer engagement and the value you bring and, uh, you know, identifying new channels. So if you're a manufacturer, you know, who's been selling for the longest time and through brick and mortar is now looking at, uh, you know, online, is now looking at e-commerce, is now looking at social commerce or mobile commerce, m-commerce. And it is creating those alternative channels. It is trying to be wherever the consumer may be in so many ways, agnostic of channel, you know, the whole notion of omni-channel. Uh, and I think that's the that's second aspect. And third aspect is is driving business operations. You know, again, depending on who you are and what industry you may be in, it could be anything from what GE is doing uh, to automate and digitize uh, the back-end operations within healthcare. Uh, it could be what manufacturers are doing with supply chain. It could be with 3D printing. I think all those examples are, uh, is, is really the third bubble, you know, within digital transformation. But that's just at the macro level on how you could circumvent and prioritize if you're an organization that's going through this transformation. But I think if you dive deeper, um, I sort of summarize this in, in, in five sort of core pillars of digital transformation. Again, these are applicable 
to any industry. One, you start with the consumer. You know, everything you live and breathe and die by the consumer. And what I mean by that is not just the fact that you want to engage the consumer, but it starts with your understanding of the consumer need, you know, her emotional and functional need at any given point of time, and then building your ability, you know, to meet that need. Uh, and sometimes, and perhaps in the future, even before she knows that she needs something. Uh, the second aspect, uh, which is very close to something I'm really passionate about of digital transformation is driving convergence. And it's convergence at many levels. It convergence uh, from a data standpoint. We just spoke about that because, again, agnostic of industry, we all believe we know her as the consumer based on our data. But we really don't because our data is fragmented either by channel you know, or by online and offline. So it's how do you drive convergence so that you truly understand her as one individual, as one human being? How do you drive convergence in terms of your technology ecosystem? You know, we often talk about marketing technologies and how big of an industry that's becoming. But the opportunity there is not so much of how many of these technologies you bring, but how well connected they are. You know, is it really a connected ecosystem? And thirdly, how you drive convergence from an experience planning and, and you know, engagement standpoint where you, you just don't look at the world as digital and physical you know, or digital and traditional, uh, you know, but truly believe that, look, it's, it's, one, it's one world that we operate in. Um, you know, call it digital or call it digital, it doesn't matter, but driving convergence from that standpoint. And I think there are other, other facets of digital transformation, including the, the pace at which you drive innovation, because the bar to innovate has dramatically gone down or just doesn't exist anymore compared to back in the day. Uh, I think, uh, fourth, uh, I strongly believe digital transformation and running business in a digital world or growing business in a digital world has redefined competition. Uh, it's, it's created a new world of what I call ecosystem organizations, you know, from the Amazons of the world uh, to the Ubers to, to the Aetnas, which are very different from, let's say, a value chain focus organization like a Walmart, you know, where, uh, for example, Amazon uh, is now partnering with Walmart to drive distribution. Who would have thought? Because they were, you know, the biggest competitors. So I think digital transformation has redefined who your, com you know, competition is and who you partner with. And I think the last is, I would say is, is the speed to drive change and uh, the agility, you know, in your entire uh, operating model is the core component of, of winning and driving digital transformation in any organization. So what does a digital business look like? Um, well, that's a, that's a big, uh, that's a pretty, uh, pretty broad uh, and in-depth question. Um, I think um, from my standpoint, uh, I think a digital business is, is the one that's pretty much applying, you know, these five core principles, the one that is truly consumer obsessed and consumer led and consumer driven. Uh, and what I mean by that is I'll give you a very simple example of what I mean by it. It's, you know, the big challenge is, look, the consumer has been at the center of the ecosystem for many decades, but it's only been in theory, right? And the big reason is because we all are operating on a massively fragmented ecosystem. So what I mean by that is when the CMO, when the CIO, the CFO, and the CEO all have the same, um, you know, KPIs, they all have the same measure of success, and they are all measured with the same bar, which means the objectives that a CIO is driving is absolutely consistent with the ones that the CMO is driving, you know, or any other person within your leadership suite. I think when you do that, that's when you truly become, you know, a consumer obsessed and a converged organization, you know, and, and obviously, 
you know, a digital organization is the one that is not going to be afraid to fail. It's going to invest in driving innovation. It's going to invest in becoming an agile organization that is, uh, I, I call it an organization that is always on. So you're always listening to the consumer. Uh, you're always learning from what you're listening. And then you're always engaging with that consumer, again, with an, you know, with an intent to give her what she needs, even before she knows she needs it. We are talking with Mayor Gupta, who is the, has the role of Chief Digital Officer at HealthGrades. And you can join us on Twitter. There's an ongoing Twitter chat, and you can ask your questions at hashtag CXOTalk. So, so, Mayor, you presented a framework of five points of digital transformation. Now, can you describe the challenges associated with becoming a digital business? It's not just marketing. So maybe go beyond yeah. the hype of being a digital business into what it actually means and how do, why, is, why is this so hard? You know, it's, uh, I think, um, Two, two things that I would say, two fundamental areas, I would say why it's, why it's a challenge. But it's a challenge that we're all in our own ways are trying to solve, uh, again, pretty much across every single industry. One, because it's a cultural and a mindset shift, um, right? It's, it's look at the people who are the helm. And uh, not many, uh, you know, have grown up uh, in, a, you know, in a digitally intrinsic, interesting world. It's, it's when you are in my kids, when they grow up, they are the ones who perhaps won't even know the word digital because, you know, this is the world we live in. Uh, and I think that's a mindset shift where we stop to look at digital as a thing, whether it is marketing or supply chain or, you know, or operations, doesn't matter. I think the bottom line is, is we have to firmly believe that um, digital transformation is a necessity and digital is a world we operate in. And it's not about digital marketing or digital health, you know, or, or digital something else. It is, how do we leverage, uh, you know, and learn to operate and win in this space where, uh, like we said before, where we redefine competition, we've re redefined the economic model, we have redefined the business model, and most importantly, we have redefined what consumer experiences and value really meant, uh, you know, where back in the day, the focus was on what's unique about my product. It was all about the economies of scale. We've shifted now towards the economies you know, of value for the consumer. And that's a massive shift. You know, when you, when you, when the first thing you think about doing, you know, incepting your product idea is about the consumer behavior and the unmet need of the consumer that you intend to fill. I think the second fundamental reason why we are still struggling, because it's not some, the concept isn't new, like you said before, is, is just something which is inevitable, which is if you look at any ecosystem um, across industries, you know, each one of them is massively fragmented, okay? Um, if you look at healthcare, for example, it's fragmented across so many different individual components. But if you look at from a consumer standpoint, for her, it's a seamless journey. You know, when she, when she, she expects a technology player or a data player to be able to understand her behavior and predict health conditions. She expects that she seamlessly goes into, you know, is able to actually find the right doctor, is able to make an appointment, go see a hospital. And then the hospital, the physician provides or recommends the right medication, you know, the right drug, and she's able to prescribe to it and so on. And then very importantly for her, she's able to get, you know, the right financial aid and insurance coverage and so on. Right in that journey, which all of us go through every single day, 
there are five or six isolated and separated components that are absolutely disconnected, which breaks our experience you know, every single time. If you look at how in every other vertical, from retail to CPG to finance, how are we really engaging in the so-called consumer engagement? It is very channel isolated. You know, you're engaging her or talking at her uh, you know, through display. You're talking at her through television. You're talking at her through email and so many other channels. Now we're talking about chatbots. The bottom line is everything that we do in our world is either isolated by channel and touch points or isolated by these different components of an industry. And where we have to go rather quickly is breaking down these silos, driving convergence at the macro level and the micro level, ultimately thinking about the consumer value. And some of the organizations, like I said, like, like the Amazons, the Ubers, the Aetnas of the world are the ones who realize it. And they are the ones who are breaking down these silos and the barriers. And hence, they are able to drive uh, much stronger you know, consumer experience, uh, better and stronger consumer value and, you know, and storytelling. Ultimately, that's what drives loyalty. That's what strengthens your brand affinity and maximizes the lifetime value. So when we put the consumer at the center, we're redefining the reference points by which we conduct our operations, by which we do marketing, by which we think about our products and how we design them and what they do. We, it changes the silos, the departments, and the communication across departments. So, so truly a digital business is very far-reaching then, based on the things that you're describing. Yes, it is. And, uh, and I think in the digital world, we've redefined, uh, you know, addressability. You know, you've redefined the notion of who you are and how well a brand should know you, right? It's no longer about knowing where you live and the fact that your first name is Michael. What is more important is, do I understand your behavior? I don't need to know you. Uh, I don't need to know your first or last name, which also means that we've redefined reach, Right? I don't have to wait to have your email address to be able to engage with you or to give you what you really need. I can listen to you from so many different aspects. You know, the new breed of, for example, data management platforms that are for the first time able to converge and match data from offline to online, from first party to second party and third party. And, and uh, you know, we all have, now we all have one universal good that ties what you do, you know, when you go into a restaurant to when you go and watch a movie to what you're watching at home, to what you're doing online, to what mails you're getting. You know, it's all in one place. The opportunity now is who's able to tie it together and who's able to apply it, you know, to solve business problems and to solve consumers' unmet needs. Just so everybody knows, when you say a, what was the phrase phrase you used, a uh, single or universal GUID, what you're talking about is a single tracking number so that as you visit sites, the, the provider or the vendor knows who you are and gets a more complete picture of who you are, right? Absolutely. I mean, it's, it's looking our, I, I, I can only imagine, you know, how many of us would have been frustrated the last time we called any 800 number. And when the, when the call when the, you know, the, the customer support representative asks you to fill up a form on the phone or asks you your SSN, your social, you know, or, or other information. And again, this is, this perhaps is the same brand and the same organization for whom you, you know, you probably log in and go online every single day. Um, and that's what it means. And I'm just giving one example 
on two different channels where, where, where organizations would engage with you. But imagine, uh, you know, your behavior when you, when you clicked on an ad and you, you watched a video, you know, and uh, how that signal is ignored and uh, the brands still communicate to you as if you never did something. Or when you, when you buy something in a retail environment and you go online, you know, there is no record of that and hence you don't get your points. So it's the breaking down of those channel silos uh, and fundamentally understanding you as one human being and tying your, you know, your behavior, uh, you know, into that, uh, you know, into the context of that single individual. So this omni-channel experience, uh, which is essentially, to use another, another buzzword, essentially what you have been describing, provides a lot of benefits both to the consumer as well as to the brand, to the supplier. But I can also hear out there in the waves of the ether, vibrations in the force, people talking right now and thinking about privacy concerns. So how do, we, how do you balance the privacy aspect against yeah. this transparency about the consumer behavior yeah. aspect? Yes, you know, uh, regardless of who you are, I'm sure each one of us is, is very cognizant about that. And, and there's a, there is a very thin line uh, in terms of how much we should know about the consumer. And again, we are all consumers in our own lives as well. Um, and we, we often, you know, think about that aspect. But my, my philosophy is, is very simple. One, obviously, there are some outliers and, you know, there are some clear boundaries uh, that you have to watch out for. And I think we're all aware of those. But at the same time, um, I look at it from a standpoint that if, as a brand, we are able to create a value exchange system where I give you something in return, a higher value, a better experience, you know, which is more convenient, more effective, uh, then as a consumer, I'm absolutely ready to share a lot more about it. The challenge happens uh, when organizations capture that data and they intrude into my life without adding value for me, which means that, look, if I'm, if I'm in the market looking for a car, looking for a Tesla, and, uh, and Tesla understands that and, you know, they understand that behavior, and now I start to get these ads about getting, you know, a, a great uh, you know, 15% off on a brand new Tesla, uh, you know, Model S, the new shape. Why would I mind that? You know, at that point, I don't mind whether you're sending me a text message or you're sending me a direct mail about it because it's directly connected to meeting my unmet need at that point in my journey, in my life, uh, and it adds value. We have a, a very interesting, intriguing question from Chris Peterson on Twitter, who asks, are there potential regulatory barriers to, that may prevent the creating of the seamless digital ecosystems across businesses, such as antitrust regulations, for example? And I'm sure in healthcare with HIPAA and other uh, yeah. compliance issues there, there must be many. Yes, yes, they, they, they certainly are. And, and I'm by no means an expert, uh, you know, into, into a lot of those regulations. But we, you know, in all our organizations, we have, we have leaders and experts who are always looking at those aspects. But again, um, I go back to the same point. I think there are, there are some very obvious areas, and in healthcare, perhaps a little bit more than the others, where we know what the boundaries are, where we know that, look, you can, in pharma, for instance, it's very clear, you cannot market in a certain way. You're not, you cannot market about a drug 
you know, without the disclaimer at the end, whether that's a television ad or a print media or a digital ad. Uh, but I think at the same time, there is, uh, for me, there's no longer a barrier because there is so much more that could be done even within the regulations to add more value, to leverage the data, uh, you know, and, and to start to transform the consumer experience than where we are today. And some industries, the bar is so low, like in healthcare. Uh, again, very simply, look, the giving the consumer the opportunity to be able to discover the right doctor based on smart, quantified, and qualified data is a no-brainer. There is no breach of trust anywhere. If I tell you that if you're looking for a primary care physician, if you move to a new city, or you're looking, you know, unfortunately, you know, for, let's say, an oncologist because somebody in your family, you know, is suffering through cancer, if you had a trusted place where you could find the right doctor based on that data, based on what the doctor's done in the last 12 months, based on the quality of care in that hospital where the doctor is operating, that's a no-brainer. Two, if I gave you, if I use technology and data now to give you instant access to make an appointment to that physician, that's a no-brainer. This is, this is again, the application of the same principles that, that's transformed and created organizations and companies like Uber and Amazon need to be now applied to, to healthcare. If he said, look, we would use data to now make healthcare more accountable, which means how do we drive accountability through transparency on the physician side to bring down the number of deaths, death, the, the amount of death rate in this country because of medical care gone wrong. The reason we don't control that is because people like you and I are not even aware of how many deaths actually happen because of medical care gone wrong. Right? And the same, you can apply the same into payer into you know how much you're being asked to pay, you know which is a black hole till date. But as a consumer, I would demand transparency, especially in a world where you're asking me to pay more and giving me less choices. So if you apply all those things, I think data is solving a very basic human and consumer need, especially in our country. So we have another question from Twitter, and this is from Scott Allen who Scott's a loyal listener, and thank you, Scott. We appreciate that. And Scott asks, when does using customers' uh, big data become intrusive? When doesn't it add value, or when does or doesn't it add value to their experience? Um, you know, it's, I think I can rather easily uh, answer that question if I wear my consumer hat and say, Anytime my data is leveraged to benefit me as a human being is adding value to my life. Um, and of course, in some cases, I may decide not to take your help, uh, you know, as a brand, whether you're a hospital or a provider or a retailer, you know, or th that's my choice. But whether it adds value or not, it has to be determined by the consumer and not by the brand. And that's the, that's a big shift. That's a big difference. Um, but but I think as long as we continue to understand that, as long as we continue to understand what exactly is your unmet need, whether that is emotional or rational or functional, you know, as an individual, and we are making an effort to meet that need, and you believe in that as a consumer, that's how we'll start to build that trust. That's how consumers will stop to answer that question. Now, having said that, there'll always be a segment you know, which doesn't believe in that, which is very private. You know, for example, if you are a consumer that perhaps don't have, a, don't have a Facebook page today, then I'm sure you probably are not somebody who likes to share about what you do in your life. 
you're not somebody who would who would like to be interrupted, you know, with an ad that is targeted at you. But you know, both of us know, and everybody I'm sure on the show knows the population that lives on Facebook and how many hours people spend on that platform, which tells me that people are opening up. The community, especially the millennials, the Gen X is opening up and is open to share as long as they get something back in return and they see uh, their, the value, they can measure the value. And once you do that, they'll share more. So the question of value exchange therefore comes back to what kind of information is being uh, requested, what is being offered in return, does the consumer have uh, given their okay with it, they're accepted this yep. exchange. And is this being done for the benefit of the consumer or strictly for the benefit yeah. of the brand? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And it's a journey, right? That's why you will hear many brands aren't thinking just about acquisition anymore. You know, it's all about lifetime value management because we all know, you know, if the cost of acquisition is high, the cost of retention and loyalty is even higher or it's, it's invaluable. And uh, unless we bring that mindset shift to think about, uh, you know, the value, the experience we drive from a consumer standpoint, we'll continue to fail. So we have less than five minutes left, and we're talking with Mayor Gupta, who is the chief digital officer for Health Grades. So in that five minutes, I want to ask your advice, Mayor. So number one, share with us advice for how to be a better healthcare consumer. What can we do to get better healthcare? That's a great question because I'm glad you asked as a healthcare consumer because um, I'm still learning, uh, but my experience at HealthQuest is helping me. I think um, what I would say is, you know, to be quite honest, as a healthcare consumer, first and foremost is all of us need to start owning our own health, um, you know, and not leave it. Uh, to the provider, to the hospital, to somebody else. Uh, I think, and we've all seen in other aspects of our lives and how we shop, how we raise our kids, how we educate them, uh, you know, how we travel, uh, that technology and this, the digital revolution that we're all going through in our lives. And it's not just for businesses. It's, you know, we're living a digital life now and you can't, you know, we, we can't run away from it. And for, for many of you, I'm sure the smartphone is now an extension of your body, you know, and it's not just a device anymore. I think if you're operating and living in that world, uh, we have to raise the bar in terms of our health uh, and wellness and, and own it and challenge the status quo, challenge the ecosystem, demand for that same level of information, choice and control that we've demanded when you're searching for, you know, for an airline ticket, when you're shopping for a refrigerator. You know, and, and, an average American spends you know, uh, almost Ten days on an average to to search for a car, and we spend less than ten minutes uh, to search for the right doctor. That's a mindset shift we have to bring, and we have to we have to shift from blaming the system to taking ownership for our own health and for our families. So take responsibility for your own health care. Yes, because when we do that, and we as consumer become the protagonists, the system will continue to evolve to make it a reality. And I think we now have. The, the infrastructure, we now have the technology, we now have data, and we have not proven it in other aspects of our life. There is no reason why it could not be replicated to solve the healthcare deficit you know, in, in our country and you know, all around the world. 
And finally, before we go, what advice do you have for people working in companies or for organizations that are facing these kinds of massive changes around them and they have no choice, they have to dive in, but they don't know what to do or they're looking at it and it's hard, it's daunting. What advice do you have for these yeah. people? Yeah, um, I, think, I think two things. And this is, again, this is something that I've learned through my career and I continue to learn. Um, first and foremost is break down those silos. Connect the dots, drive convergence in every single aspect of your business, whether that is how you organize, how you're structured, the kind of talent you bring in, how you look at data, how you look at technology. doesn't matter what vertical it is. Uh, but just drive convergence. We're living in a world that is all about ecosystems and platforms, not about siloed products, siloed technology, siloed experiences. And I think uh, the best way to think about it is from a consumer standpoint, she does not see the silos. You know, she does not see a channel. Um, all she expects is the best experience, the best service, the best product at the best price, you know, at a, you know, at a location and touch point and a time of her own choice. And the only way we as brands and technologists and marketers can make that happen is when we break down those silos and we drive convergence in our own world and we stop looking at digital as a thing because we have to believe that we now live, operate, and breathe in an intrinsically digital world. I love that. Digital is not a thing. And with that, it's time to draw episode number 187 of CXO Talk to a close. We've been talking with Mayor Gupta, who is the Chief Digital Officer of HealthGrades. And Mayor, thank you so much again for, for joining us and taking time today. Thank you so much, Michael. It was a lot of fun. Thank you. And everybody, thank you for watching. Come back next Friday. We have great shows. Go to cxotalk.com to see all of our upcoming episodes. And thank you to Livestream for their great support of CXO Talk. Thanks so much, everybody. Bye-bye.